The number one regret I hear from people who've gone through a divorce is that they didn't prepare in advance. There's no do-over in divorce, so planning early in the process is a game changer. Divide and Thrive's Divorce Planner takes the guesswork out of what to do. Their planner has helped thousands of people throughout the U.S. and Canada save time and money during divorce and have peace of mind. Their program guides you through how to set divorce goals, tackle your budget with easy-to-use financial planning tools, streamlines your essential document collection, and simplifies asset cataloging. Recommended by divorce attorneys, mediators, and financial advisors, the easy-to-use planner helps you address the emotional and business sides of divorce and create your best next chapter. Check out www.divideandthrive.net for reviews and a peek inside the planner. Use code SUSAN22 for 20% off. Divorce is hard. Divide and Thrive makes planning for one easy. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. They move very quickly, another red flag, right? So they want to cement that relationship with you. That Move in, get engaged, get married. Once they've got you hooked as a supply and locked down, sometimes quite, you know, literally, then they move on and do whatever they want, often with other people, right? And, and they start belittling you and it's the whole cycle of abuse. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I am Susan Guthrie, your host, and today I have to tell you, I'm excited for this guest. There are so many things about her that resonate with me, um, but let me just tell you a little bit about Amy Palacco. Amy is a divorce coach and journalist. She's in fact an investigative, former investigative journalist and TV reporter and marketing for PepsiCo. And I mean, you have a career path, Amy, that is more careers than some families have in their entire LinkedIn chain. Um, in fact, here's here's one of the things I have to tell you I love about Amy. Her nickname when she was an investigative reporter was Pitbull Palacco. Um, and she... <laughs> She has now um, started and, and is a divorce coach, empowerment coach. She works with women, I think, entirely. Um, and her, her wonderful name of her website is Freedom Warrior. Uh, my husband, I have to tell you, Amy, told me when he first met me um, and I was a divorce attorney, most people back away making the sign of the cross, especially men when you're dating, don't want to date a divorce attorney. And he said, no, no, I think of you as a freedom fighter. So so Freedom Warrior resonates with me as well. And I'm very excited to have you here today, Amy. Thank you. Thank you. I've been looking forward to this. I love what you do and the millions of people you've helped at this point. As you know, we started doing a lot of this because our hearts have led us to this. Um, but yes, I have that tough side. 
Pipple, Palaco, watch out, don't cross me. No, I'm joking. I, I, I used to chase people down with a microphone, but uh, that was a former life. <laughs> Plus, it reminds me of the days I used to run up and down the hallways of courthouses with my high heels, chasing down opposing counsel or whatever. So we all had our pit bull moments, but now we are, you know, we're freedom fighters or freedom warriors. And that is very much who you are. And in fact, that has a lot to do with our topic today. You and I, when we um, were talking about the episode we wanted to build out and the messages and lessons we wanted to share, um, Save Yourself became the title of this episode. And it's save yourself in a lot of different ways, but mainly it's saving yourself from the toxic people, the toxic relationships, Unfortunately, something that I think is just really happening, or at least we're more aware of that we're getting caught up in these toxic relationships that really tie us up and keep us down and are so hard to recover from. And I know one of your passions is to help people to avoid that situation entirely, or if they found themselves in a toxic relationship to get out and to heal. Absolutely. And I think, as you said, we're hearing more about that. I am sure we'll talk about the Tinder swindler, which I've written about as a journalist, but it's, it's almost like a doctor treating a disease after the fact we want to prevent it. And I, you know, appreciate, and I'm so grateful for all the books I read that helped me through a toxic relationship and narcissistic abuse, psychological abuse, but there are not enough out there. That's why I'm writing one, of course, that warn women ahead of time and, and warn young women. It's just simply not something we're taught, right, Susan? I mean, we're taught about our periods. We're taught about the birds and the bees, but nobody really, at least no one sat me down and said, you know, look out for people like this. This is what they look like and the devastation they can cause. It doesn't have to be hundreds of thousands of dollars like the Tinder Swiggler scheme they cause emotional, financial devastation that can, you know, ruin people's lives. So anything I can do to prevent that, help women escape, help women see the signs earlier than maybe even I did, um, you know, that's what I'm about. Yeah. Well, well, and why you are the freedom warrior, right? And I think that that's, well, that's key. And you just mentioned the Tinder swindler. There's Netflix has been on a roll lately, right? They've had the Tinder swindler, bad vegan, inventing Anna, um, you know, all of these stories of these, I'll call them toxic personalities, narcissists, who knows? I, you know, I'm not, we talk about all of the antisocial personality disorder, psychotic, this, that, or the other thing, but there is a, at least it appears a growing awareness that this type, these types of people are out there operating in a certain way. And I think what's significant about it, one is that we're becoming more aware. And two, when you watch these shows, I think there's a pattern of behavior that we can make people aware of so that they see what's happening much more easily. Because as you said, right, we are not, we're not trained in avoiding people who are basically lying to us. Absolutely. And I've, I've written about the bad, bad vegan for Ms. Magazine. I've written about Tinder Swindler for NBC's national opinion page. And, you know, I am passionate about the fact that we should not be blaming victims, right? We need to understand it's easy. And, and I know you shed light on domestic abuse uh, on your podcast, which is fabulous. 
you know, sometimes people say, why didn't she just leave, right? It takes an average victim seven times to leave. Uh, but it's easy to say, well, I wouldn't fall for a guy like that in the bad vegan, or I would never give somebody my money like these women did with the Tinder swindler. Well, you haven't been there, right? And they they are so convincing some of these people, and, and they can be women too, like inventing yeah. Anna, right? Yeah. Let's, be, let's be fair here. But they have spent their whole lives manipulating, you know, since they were little kids. So you're, you are like a babe in the woods. So, you know, it's really easy to judge. And I've had people who've judged situations like that and then ended up in it a little later themselves and have done a mea culpa, you know, kind of apology, right? So I think uh, these new, you know, very intelligent women fall for these men. These are not just down and out, you know, women who are desperate for somebody. Absolutely not, right? No, exactly. I mean, it's make, bringing to mind for me another Netflix was Dirty John, right? Because she was a very successful woman. She was, you know, had her own businesses. This was not a woman who had not lived life and had been, you know, through relationships, et cetera, yet completely sucked in by a malignant narcissist. I, I'm fairly certain in, in that case. And it happens. And one of the things you point out is that we are, as women, still to this day, very much socialized along what I'm going to call the rom-com perception of life, right? We are given this concept and fed, spoon-fed it through fairy tales and Sleeping Beauty and you know all of these things, this Disney-esque life that Prince Charming is our ultimate goal. And that will bring us our happiness. And I think that plays into this toxic, you know, the ability of those, these toxic people to suck women, especially in. Absolutely. And, and I'd go so far to say that women have been gaslighted, right? I mean, that's one of the red flags I'm sure we'll, we'll get to, but definitely that's in our psyche. And I remember, I mean, so Let's just recap. I'm a former investigative reporter, Pitbull Polacco, used to uncovering scams, corruption, crime, all these things. I fell for someone like this, right? So how did that happen? I mean, I remember thinking, you know, after being in a, a, another, you know, bad relationship, like, well, it's kind of like my time. Don't I deserve this finally? Like a lot of women feel that way. And you think, well, this seems, you know, good, too good to be true. But well, other people have this. So maybe I'm just second guessing it, or I'm just not accepting the joy of it. And I have anxiety over past things that have happened. So playing, you know, whether you're conscious of it or not, are those rom-coms are those is Cinderella is the, you know, well, don't I deserve this other, other people have this. And of course, you know, we have social media that, you know, plays into every holiday anniversary, everything. It looks so wonderful from the outside. Of course, you know, as an attorney and I, as a, as a divorce coach, right. Uh, it's not all it appears to be, <laughs> right. but you are kind of, you know, you, you yearn for that. I mean, I wanted the Norman Rockwell family with the white picket fence. And, you know, I live in Connecticut as you used to, you, you get the, you get the picture. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's where I, I remember, you know, waking up around 30 years of age, I had, a good looking boyfriend who was successful, who drove around in a fancy car, who took me on fabulous vacations and thought, 
well, this must be, I'm 30. This must be who I was meant to marry. Um, and never looked any further or deeper into it because it fit that picture of, I, I, I think you just described it so well of, well, other people have this and isn't this what I want? And isn't this what I'm supposed to have? And so maybe I, sh- this is, you know, this is it, this is my opportunity. And then you wake up down the road and realize one, you know, no fairy tale really exists. And two, if you thought it was perfect, there's a reason why you thought thought it was perfect. Somebody has sold you or gaslight. Well, gaslighted. Can you explain gaslighting? Because I've ever act, never actually done an episode on gaslighting. So oh, right, right. an example would be, or a, a description would right. be. So it's based on, a, on an old black and white movie where the husband is telling the wife is trying to drive her mad quite successfully in this old mansion that the gas lights are not flickering. And she says they're flickering They're What's happening? He said, no, they're not. No, they're not. So that's what gaslighting is. You see something as reality. It's like black and white in some cases. And the other person is saying, no, no, no. And over time, what it's meant to do is, is, destabilize you. Um, it, it leads to you feeling like you're going crazy. You question your own judgment. And that's what these predators and manipulators want that, you know, you talked about the rom-com and the societal gaslighting. Well, these manipulators are often highly intelligent people and they are playing on that too, right? They're bringing the flowers. So You know, gaslighting is one of the red flags. The other is love bombing. I think that's the first one where they do everything Prince Charming does, right? And so you're like, well, you know, what's wrong with that, right? I remember when I was being courted, I felt a little off at something that happened, you know, an excessive purchase. And I remember talking to a girlfriend about it. She was like, you need to relax. You just haven't had this before, you know, you deserve it. So then I, I had other people kind of saying that, you know, so those go hand in hand. And then, you know, once they hook you in that idealization phase, then it's, they start the discard. Then, you know, like the gaslighting starts, the manipulation, uh, often they get you to move in. They move very quickly. Another red flag, right? So they want to cement that relationship with you. That move in, get engaged, get married. Once they've got you, then they go to you know narcissists, which many of these manipulators are survive right. on supply, right? So once they've got you hooked as a supply and locked down, sometimes quite you know literally, um, yes because I know you've talked about coercive control on, uh, yeah. with Christine Cochil on, on another two fantastic podcasts. Um, then they move on and do whatever they want often with other people. Right. And, and they start belittling you and it's the whole cycle of abuse. Right. Which, which escalates, but they do this in such a incremental manner. Often, sometimes they just dive right into it. But I think you've pointed out a few things there. First of all, it, I want to ask you a couple of questions. So let's start with love bombing mm-hmm. because I, I just was interviewing Tina Swithin in an episode that will have come out. And because T- Tina just reissued her book, um, Divorcing a Narcissist, One Mom's Battle. And there's a scene or a, a section in there about the love bombing that her ex-husband did where, you know, it was just over the tie center for a spa day 
the morning after they met, they'd never even been on a date. And he had set up an entire day at a spa for her. And then he took her to, you know, did, I mean, it was over the top and crazy. And that's what I, I, you know, explain a little bit about everyone wants to put their best foot forward when you're, you're starting a date, right? Everybody's going to perhaps spiff themselves up and, and behave on their, in their best fashion. What is it about love bombing? How can you how can you distinguish love bombing from someone just trying their best? Right. And I have to say, I'm a huge fan of Tina's. We were just Me too. texting yesterday. I quoted her in many of my articles on some of these issues. Like, I love her book. Um, you know, I think part of the healing process and also the awareness process is getting in touch with your intuition, right? Like the example I gave where, you know, I was in a store and this person I was in a relationship with was buying an excessive amount of stuff for me. I felt it felt wrong and I felt sick about it. Um, I should have trusted that. Right. And I started doubting my own. So that happens a lot, right? Like maybe Tina's like, well, I, no one's treated me like this before. Don't I deserve it? You have to, you know, it's such a fine line. Right. And I talk about in a piece I did on more women choosing to be single for NBC news. Uh, before New Year's, I am an eternal optimist, right? And I, I, I think a lot of us fall for these types because we see the good in people, right? And, and we believe in the good in people, right? So we have to temper that with being a little suspicious, right? Right. right. So, you know, what I say to, to my clients is, you know, you have to be your own investigative reporter. You know, um, if you have to ask, why are they moving so fast? Why are they dropping $500 on the spa day when we just met, right? You know, a lot of times, you know, and uh, probably these rom-coms play into it, right? The fast moving, you know, whisk you off, beat you off your feet. (laughs) Yes. But it's the slow and steady that maybe grandma always told, mother always told you about, or or maybe didn't, but you know, the, the, the nice guy who's going to put in the time and he's, you know, evaluating you as well. So if he's going slow, that says a lot about him. If they're going fast, you have to be suspicious, put the brakes on it, speak up because it can happen so quickly that pretty soon you are 10 feet deep and you don't know what happened since the spa day. <laughs> there, hence the bombing, right? It's, it can be like an explosion in your life. And you made a good point there that I don't want to let get away because often this starts even before you meet the person with the online dating world that we are in today. Very often the love bombing or this creation of this perfect you know, person starts in in the the profile stage, right? In their dating profile. Um, in fact, you talk, you know, you talked about in your article, which I'll have links to all the articles that we've mentioned, but the one that I'm referencing um, talks is on the Tinder swindler. And you're talking, it talks about the fact that a vast majority of people admit to lying in their profile. And you know, right off the bat, it's saying to me, you can't really even trust what you're reading there. Absolutely. Sadly. And I was so happy that NBC kept my headline, which was, you know, it's not just Tinder, it's Bumble betrayers and match monsters too. Right. And so yes, 57% of people online dating admit to lying in a, in a study a couple of years ago. Right. And then 
you know, look, do women lie too? Of course, but 67% of those are men and they often lie about their marital status, you know, and then the usual height, weight, all that, all that stuff. Um, and so, yes, you don't know what you're seeing there is just, um, you know, and some of these studies delved into the psychology of it and they really got into the fact that people create an image of who they hope to be or want to be like they, some of these men say they're loyal people. And then you find out they're actually still married and cheating on their spouse, you know? And so they know what to say to get, get you, uh, you know, they know, they know what image to put out there. And that goes back to being your own investigative reporter. I think there are so many things you can do. Can I talk about that for a minute? Too? Oh, absolutely. That was going to be my next question okay, because <laughs> you actually say that about uh, someone that you, I think, um, saw a dating profile on. But when you did your investigative reporting, you, you got some surprises. I was literally on the phone with this person I met online. And did, you know, he let his last name slip and I put it in and it turned out he was arrested for all this voyeurism and it was mugshots galore. And I just got off the phone very quickly. But so, you know, Google's your best friend, <laughs> right? You don't need yes. to have, have a, you know, thousand eyes in a database, right? That, right. And you know this, Susan, a great one I use all the time and tell my clients is... And as you know, I run a support group for single women. So we talk about dating and things um, is, is the family court system uh, website, you know, here in Connecticut, you can look it right up. You can look up that there is no divorce or the divorce is ongoing or, you know, so many things you can find out in there. Other you know specific things about the case that would make that person undesirable for you to date so there's those things look for, you know, LinkedIn profile. They should have some sort of digital footprint at this point. You can usually go on Facebook if they're there, or Instagram and see, you know, get to know a little, little bit about them. I mean, I, there was one, another person I was talking to and I went on to t- found him on Twitter and he was posting a lot of misogynistic, misogynistic comments. And that was not okay with me, you know? So um, I think there's a lot you can do before getting swept away. <laughs> right. Don't just believe the rosy picture. I think that online dating is kind of like social media in a way, right? Anybody can put anything on social media, tell you who they are, whether it's true or not. It's not like there's a fact checker out there. And uh, you know, one thing I wanted to point out, you said that the gentleman um, you mentioned in the article, he had been arrested for harassment, assault, and revenge porn. I mean, this is that's that's actually a dangerous predator and you were on the phone with them. So there was something about him that, you know, in whatever he put in his profile, you, you got on the phone with this guy and thank God you Googled it. He looked like, like the guy next door, wholesome, like cooking, all, all these things. I can't tell you, I have said to my friends, and of course I can't publish this in an article, but I showed the, the online photo juxtaposed with the mugshot. It looked like two different people. Like it, it, it is the most shocking thing. And that goes to show you people can represent themselves to be anything they want. You should Google and do your own due diligence. I believe that very strongly. Let me just point out if they have no digital profile, if you cannot find information about them online, that is a red flag as well, because it probably means that they have a fake personality up that they, and that happens a lot. 
Yes, there is one website I want to make. Well, there's Google reverse image, but there's also something called Tin Eye. You can put an image in there. And I did it once years ago. And this guy who claimed to be a veterinarian in New York City and all this stuff, something struck me odd about it. And I put the picture in. That photo was used for scams around the globe. So, you know, if people have those model-esque, fake type things, um, you know, be careful. Yeah. Well, I have a friend um, who's been on the podcast, Daniel Harold, who is one of the founders of Divorced Over 40. And Daniel is a very good looking gentleman. He knows, I think that. Um, and I know, his, I know. Yeah, so, you know, him, right. So, and all my listeners, I mean, it was a very clicked on episode. I told him his picture was clickbait, but his picture has been used by scammers. It's like every other day he's posting, please, this is not me. This is, you know, people are putting up, but his profile picture gets used all the time. So, and he's not, you know, 50 different men trying to, to meet. He actually has a lovely girlfriend and is not looking to meet anybody <laughs> um, and has a wonderful dating, you know, program that he helps people with dating. So I think that that's a, a key point Hello, listeners. So I'm here with a blatant ask and a chance for us all to do some good. We are so excited because the show is growing every week and we're thrilled to be reaching more and more people who need help as they journey through their divorce and beyond. We know one of the best ways for people to continue to find the show is through your recommendations and reviews. So if you would, we would be ever so grateful if you would take a moment and leave us a five-star rating and tell us in a review why you love the show. For all the reviews left on Apple Podcasts in August and September 2022, we will be making a donation to Rainbows for All Children, which is an amazing charity that supports children experiencing grief of all kinds through facilitated peer groups within their communities. You can get more information about Rainbows at rainbows.org. And thank you so much. Stay tuned for more from Amy Palacco, who shares critical information about the dangers that exist online as you look for love. They don't call her Pitbull Palacco for nothing. You know, I remember at one point, you know, one of my family members saying like, well, why are you wasting all your time reading these books about narcissism? It's part of the healing process because, you know, listening to your podcast or watching a YouTube video from someone who's been through it or is an expert on this, you realize you're not alone and it gives you that strength to see it for what it is. If you are enjoying this week's episode, be sure to check out last week's show with America's favorite parenting expert, Christina McGee, who shares some great advice on dealing with your high conflict ex when there's no co in your co-parenting. Well, there are a lot of parents who out there are just dealing with a a co-parent who's not interested in being cooperative. Maybe they don't want to talk at all, or it may be a high conflict situation. Parenting, even under the best of circumstances, is challenging. And then when you add divorce to the mix, and then a co-parent who's not interested in being cooperative or falls into that high conflict category, I mean, it can really be overwhelming and exhausting. And now we return to today's show. I've done a lot of episodes. You know, one of my good friends is Bella Gandhi, who's America's favorite dating expert. And I want people to know that that you can find love. I mean, I'm a person who found a second marriage that's fabulous. I mean, there's a lot of ways to do it. 
But we do live in a scary world and we do live in a world where there are a lot of toxic people. And we've been talking about this from the dating perspective or the romantic relationship. But I know, and I can say personally, I have met a number of friends or colleagues throughout my life that would fall into these unhealthy relationship categories as well. So I do want to emphasize for people that these toxic people can permeate almost any area of your life. Absolutely. And I think, you know, going back to how we are not really taught about them, right? Um, I know, you know, I have a 14 year old son um, who is much more aware, probably thanks to what I do than, than I ever was. Right. And noticing people and, and trusting his intuition. But I think what happens for a lot of people is when you educate yourself about this, you read about it, uh, you, you learn how they operate in the romantic world. It's almost like taking those rose colored glasses off and you start to see this in maybe friendships with women, or situations at work, colleagues. It's really incumbent upon us to protect ourselves. Right. So it goes back to boundaries you know, setting those boundaries to protect yourself. I think we as women are, like I said, gaslighted a lot that, you know, we should be accommodating. We should, you know, you know, we sacrifice, we cooperate, right? And we can get labeled the bitch if we, you know, stand up for ourselves. But the reality is if you don't, in all of these situations, the consequences are are huge. And obviously, when it's a romantic partner, you're tying your finances, your children to them. Uh, you know, like Tina Swithin's story of the custody, you know, it's your entire, it affects your entire life, right? So I think people should look at their entire life and all of the relationships in it with, with that lens. Yeah, I think it's I think it's important. And I think we, you know, have to look at a world where unfortunately it I don't know if there are just more toxic people out there or if just with the electronic world that we find ourselves in, it's easier for people to suck in and put others and to put up these false personas or these fake personalities out there and, and sort of dupe us because, you know, face it with that guy that, that you saw that turned out to be the revenge porn guy and all, if he hadn't been arrested in the past, he might've looked still like a relative. I mean, you happen to find because he was held accountable at some point. A lot of times these people are good at what they do and they don't get held accountable. Absolutely. And um, I was later on another dating site at one point, Hinge, and um, he popped up there. And I said, no, oh my gosh. <laughs> right. Um, if you're so. following me. <laughs> so, you know, what, what do you do to, I mean, I guess there's a twofold question here. How do you, if you've realized that you are ex- in, in, you know, entwined with a toxic person, how do you escape and how do you get beyond it? Because those are, and I know those are two huge questions. So let's just talk about how, how you get out of that relationship. I think the first thing is to ed- educate yourself on who you are dealing with, right? Is that a lot of times, um, you know, and again, in, they, they do intermittent abuse and then love bombing again, right? So you start to doubt yourself. There's that whole period of cognitive dissonance where 
You don't know what is right or wrong, that some of their actions are very loving and others are so manipulative. They're always uh, pathological liars. And so realizing what you're dealing with is huge. I remember talking to an attorney who, when I was telling her the story, um, she said, you need to go to the women's center, to the support group, right? And and going there changed everything for me. Um, it's here in Connecticut. I spoke years later telling my victim story of emotional abuse that, you know, it's not always a black eye. And, and I'm someone that you look at my resume and say, well, she wasn't supposed to be there, right? Yeah, right. Right. So it, it can happen to anyone. So surrounding yourself with people like that and reading, you know, I remember at one point, you know, one of my family members saying like, well, why are you wasting all your time reading these books about narcissists? And it was part, it's part of the healing process because, you know, listening to your podcast or watching a YouTube video from someone who's been through it or is an expert on this, you realize you're not alone and it gives you that strength to see it for what it is. Uh, my motto with all of my coaching clients, because I have many who are stuck in these marriages and have not gone forward with divorce yet. They're getting their ducks right. in a row. Then I have some involved in divorce and then some after, because it does not end. And Tina Swithin talks all about it, the post-separation yeah. abuse, right? Yeah. Um, so you don't want to sign up for this nightmare roller coaster ride, ladies. <laughs> Educate yourself and get out early as early as you can. So um, that's a huge part of it is is educating yourself, knowing um, what to do. And I tell all my clients, stay a step ahead of them. You know, you can't let them know. You can't say, "Hey, you're a narcissist." <laughs> it's just not going to work. Like, yeah. And I think a lot of us women are not trained that way, Susan, you know, like it's almost like you got to put your battle armor on you. You are at war, whether you like it or not, that war showed up at your doorstep and, and you've got, you've got to, you know, buck up and handle it. And you have the power to do it because otherwise they, they can destroy you. And as you know, they are very manipulative in the legal and financial situation, hiding money, convincing you to do mediation, or we can just, I mean, mediation is great. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> you know, we could, you know, go meet at a restaurant and just iron this out ourselves. Sure. I have an attorney. They'll help you too. Don't worry about it. Right. Yeah. So I think that's the first step is you need a team. You need a team of people working with you. You know, obviously I connect them with a, a financial person and one CDFA who I use, you know, she has like a ghost file. Like you can text her or send her documents and then just, you know, destroy any evidence that you copy them and she will hold them for you in an emergency folder, even if you're not ready to go forward with a divorce. Yeah. Right. Well, because safety is primary, paramount here. Um, you do need to maintain your safety. And one of the things that, um, you know, Tina mentioned a lot in the book and that I hear from a lot of people who are in these toxic relationships is one, they know, they knew in their gut for a very long time that this was an unhealthy relationship, but part of it, the inertia, I think is every single one of them uses the word just total exhaustion that they are, they are in the midst of this whirlwind. I call these toxic people, emotional terrorists, yes. because you are constantly, as you just said, the cycle is 
you know, tear you down, love bomb you as you start to pull away, tear you down once you come back, love bomb you to get you back. And it is exhausting. It is, you know, you're that that's part of that cycle is it puts you in that place where fighting or fleeing is hard to do because you are just sucked into the earth. I mean, it's, it's weighs you down. Like you cannot believe. Absolutely. And then you add on top of that, a lot of times they're controlling the money sure. and you have, you have children to worry about. Right. So, you know, one of the reasons I am a freedom warrior is, you know, it, it's freedom from this situation, obviously freedom to live life on your own terms, to have your own peace and, and to have your own stream of income and finances. Right. Because a lot of times women give up their, you know, careers to stay home with the children. I actually wrote about this for NBC on the Depp and Heard case about postnuptials. You know, like if you stay home with the kids, you should have a postnuptial that compensates you for what you have given up monetarily. I mean, we all hope. And again, that's where the brainwashing gaslighting comes in is we all, you know, hope it's this Cinderella marriage story where, you know, you have 50 grandkids and you grow old together and it's all these wonderful things, but sometimes it, sometimes it doesn't happen that way. They want you to think that. So you don't push for that. uh, Right. But you don't know. I mean, almost half of marriages end in divorce. Right. So you've really got to protect yourself. And to your point, yes, they wear you down. That's part of the plan. They exhaust you before you can even get up to fight and to leave. Um, and a couple of things you just said there. First of all, the post snub, if you give up your career to stay home with children, I'm doing an episode on that because so many women don't even know that that's an option. And it is such, it can have such dire financial consequences. It's a wonderful thing to be able to do. I'm I'm not passing any judgment on making a choice to be a stay-at-home parent, but you need to protect yourself. And a post-nup's a wonderful way to do that. So I love that you you mentioned that. The other thing that I think is important for us to realize, going back to maybe how we are socialized, is we are also socialized to think as women, to think that we can nurture and love someone into changing, right? That's a such an old, long-standing myth that, you know, the love of a good man will change him and, and, and that sort of thing. And I know I've run into that a lot with my clients who are in these toxic relationships that they, you know, you said you can't just go and sit down with them and say, so you're a narcissist. Here's what we need to do. Let's, let's fix you. And everything's going to be fine. That's not going to work in these relationships. We are not going to fix them. Absolutely. And with my coaching clients, you know, I can never tell them what to do, but I often ask, do you think he's going to change? right? Where do you want your life to be a year from now? And a lot of times, and you know, look, I live in Fairfield County, Connecticut, north of New York City. We have a lot of wealthy family situations, right? And some of these people are are living a very comfortable life, but I always hold my hands up like a scale. Like I can't decide where the scale tips, but at, at a certain point, all of the homes and the cars in some situations and vacations cannot outweigh the abuse. And often, you know, clients will say to me, I took, someone took a picture of me and I saw it. And like, my eyes are like hollowed out underneath. I don't even look like myself. I'm like, who is this person? And it's, it's so heartbreaking to see them, you know, 
dying inside almost. It, it, it can be an emotional death. And I remember thinking that for me, that I'd rather be in a, a shack with my son somewhere and have, and have peace. Right. And, and to your point, you know, I was lucky that a, a therapist and counselor, you know, broke with protocol and, and, and said to me privately, like, this isn't going to change. Like you should get out of this relationship. It, there, there is no, no change because I think for so many of us, like you said, we're the workhorse, we're the nurturer, like we can fix this. And if they're throwing the breadcrumbs to keep you thinking that, you know, they'll go to great lengths to tell you they're going to change. Oh, every single time. It's like a, it's like a campaign. It is a love bombing campaign to get you back. And they know your weak points. Um, I had a client recently who was telling me her story and, you know, talk about thinking about intuition when she was dating this person, she said, you know, now that I look back, he was studying me. He was studying me. And I, I think that too, I thought mine was a great listener. Oh, wow. He really is interested in, they are storing information about you to find your Achilles heel. Is it your children? Is it something else? You know, right. what have you always wanted in your life? They're going to deliver it. Actually, Tina mentioned her ex-husband would, when he wanted to drag her down, he would mention that she didn't have a college degree. That was like, because it was a soft point for her again, no judgments here, but that for her was something she felt, you know, hadn't felt badly about, but he made her feel badly about it. And whenever he wanted to then push her buttons, make her feel bad, he would hone in on that, her, her troubled you know, childhood, things like that. So you're a hundred percent right. They, they will dive into you become their project. And once they know you well, they then will use everything that they know, you know, as a way to control you, to control your behaviors and to keep you low. We were running close to end of time, but I want to leave on a positive note. Give me one. <laughs> yes, I'm, not, I'm not telling everybody to lock themselves in their houses. And yes. I'm a hopeless romantic and I, I can't get that out of my DNA either. And I say to women all the time and I'm, I'm writing in my, my book, which is don't fall for a con, you know, how to protect yourself from a narcissist and sociopaths before they ruin your life, but that we should not change who we are, Right you know, we are loving and kind and and all these great things. That's who we are. We shouldn't stop being that person, but we just got to add on the investigative reporter role a little bit, you know, get in touch with your intuition, you know, try it out in friendships first, you know, if if you're not ready, you know, kind of like baby steps and then in the romantic relationships. But when, when you have a, a feeling about something, I remember hearing Oprah say once, like, when, when you have a thought about something, it's the universe whispering to you, right? Yeah. Well, listen, take it from me, take it from so many women who have been through these hellish situations. Um, and I think if you do that, you should feel empowered. You should feel confident getting out there. And look, like you said, Susan, I have tons of friends who have met their partner online, who are in happy marriages. It's just, it's, it's a sorting game, you know? Yes. It is. I think we all want it to be Cinderella right away, but it it might be, what's the other one? Like 50 first dates. It's just going to be, might be like, or more. <laughs> I, I think that's actually, you know, it's one of those things I, I've watched recently a few friends who's, who have gone 
through divorce recently. And, you know, there is that aspect of us as humans who want to feel connected to someone. Again, we want to feel love. We want to feel that we have a partner in life, but you want to also make sure when you get into that new relationship, it's, it's the right relationship. And, and so all that love bombing, by the way, feels great in, in some ways in the moment, right? Those flowers and the extravagant gifts. And as you said, people have it, but use your intuition, watch for those red flags. And, and I like the, uh, be your own pit bull reporter. <laughs> since yeah. Amy can't do it for all of you, um, be your own pit bull, uh, reporter and do your due diligence. Yeah. And love bomb yourself, go to the spa yourself, go with your, with your girlfriends, you know, it shouldn't, you know, sometimes we're conditioned that I can only experience this with a romantic partner. Um, you know, I've taken my son places, you know, that are like, you know, there's other couples around and we're in the hot tub, you know, I laugh about it. I mean, we had a great time. Like, so, you know, don't be so desperate that you're, you're going to take anybody. And it is, you know, the work and love for yourself where you deserve the best. You deserve somebody who loves you and appreciates you and takes it slow, treats you with respect. And if they lie once, it, they're going to lie again. Right. So. Right. You know, you can, you can be the pit bull, no matter what your last name is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to tell you, I love the quotes. I just wrote down love bomb yourself, everyone. Let's leave it on that point. If you need some love bombing in your life, love bomb yourself and learn to avoid the toxic people in your life. Amy, this is, this has been super helpful, but I know there's so much more out there. In fact, on your website, I think you have a wonderful ebook that people can get. So you can, you tell people about your, your website and then how to get the ebook. Yes. So it's freedomwarrior.info and you will, once you start navigating on there, it'll pop up. It's five ways to take control of your life. And I'm also do free 30 minute coaching consultations with anyone. So just, you know, pop on my calendar and book a time. You can reach me also at Amy Polacco, A-M-Y-P-O-L-A-C-K-O at gmail.com. I love to hear from you. And um, I hope this was helpful. Thank you so much, Susan. Uh, Well, I enjoyed it. And I know my listeners, this is going to resonate. It's wonderful to hear the other people's stories and hear a little bit about what's gone on and what you've seen for your other clients, because that's when people go, oh, that's when they make the connection. Um, So for anyone who wants to follow up, I will have all of Amy's information in the show notes, reach out to her. Also follow her on Instagram. I do. And she has great posts there. It's Freedom Warrior Tribe, right? Yes. Freedom Warrior Tribe. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond. Thank you.